Hit it. Hey, we want to welcome everyone to podcast number 30 of Gracemont. Uh, uh, Gracemont podcast, where you can come here and have any idea that you want and share it with us. We welcome you to the program. I am Apostle Duke and someone I believe would agree that he's no longer the same person that he was our, during our last podcast. He's gone through quite an experience. That would be Apostle John Luke. So he has yes. some, he has uh, some interesting, I think, uh, observations for us. So without further ado, Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. That was clearly the best ever. I just, after 30 times, I'm starting to get the hang of it. <laughs> All right. Well, this today I want to talk about, we've been through this horrible mess at our church with the the pastor that's just a bully is, I guess, the only way to sum it up. But he's ended up just taking over the church. I tried to stop him, and 50 people were backing me, but none of them threw any punches. They just said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I, I finally had to give up because it's driving me nuts. I was uh, getting an anxiety disorder going on, couldn't sleep, but finally I just quit. So I'm not going to go to that church anymore, which is fine. It's probably time to start the Gracemont Church. Hey, uh, what about Sunday school? I'm not going to that church building again, I don't think. I don't think I can stand to see that guy. Yeah. All right. Well, we could start. Uh, like, we've been off site before where all of us can get together. Yeah. All right, so... There, hey, what was question. the vote? What was the vote? vote? Uh, was it his, close? No, team pastor pulled an in run. Yeah. And we had this three-week buildup to the thing to vote to get the pastor out. And his team made a motion to permanently table the motion Oh, to so. oust the pastor. So it passed. And he had... He had 50 people there I'd never seen before. Okay. All right. And they let them vote. So it was it was just a total fiasco thing. So there was a vote. But you don't know the count or did they just say Oh, it was like 132 to 50 or something like that. Uh, we don't have that many people that come to church, but they sure showed up for that. Okay. All right. All right, so the topic tonight the topic tonight I want to talk about was in dealing with all this mess, I realized that the pastor and his deacons don't think the way I do because they can't have a thought without referencing it to some scripture. And if, if there's, and if you can't come up with a scripture that proves your point, it doesn't matter what kind of science you have or logic or, fact that you can look and see one color is black and the other is white that yeah. doesn't mean anything to them if you don't have a scriptural reference that says what you want it to say or as the pastor does you can twist it 
to make it say what you want it to and just leave out the part you don't read the next sit you don't read the next sentence that way you don't have to deal with that you just have this little scripture that proves his point yeah now tell you, me about that you you said you've lived that before yeah but before i answer it you you seem surprised by that you seem like perplexed like you don't understand that and i think being in church circles as long as you have you would understand that devout religious people who believe the bible every jot and tittle is that they're going to go to that bible that is the ultimate truth that's god's word to them that's there is no other truth any truth that challenges that truth is to be defeated i mean so okay so i'll tell you about mine i mean i i i i think i probably got into some situations where i think um i don't uh, okay so for instance um when i was a kid i thought the world was six thousand years old because that's what the bible said and 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 i remember do you remember those little chick tracks I don't know. They, they would throw them. They had like little cartoons and you'd read through them and they had the plan of salvation on them, but they did them in different ways. Anyway, they yeah. had, had a chick track and it was about, they were stating that there's no doubt that the earth is 6,000 years old because that's the genealogy. When you can read the genealogies through the, you know, from Adam and Eve all the way up, it, it comes up to about 6,000 years. And I remember hearing like just a lot of science that said, oh gosh, no, the the earth is millions of years old. In fact, I had a Christian, I went to the lake with the guy and he was a, a good Christian guy and he was a geologist. And uh, I said, uh, hey, is the, how old is the earth? And he goes, oh yeah. He said, there's just no argument. The earth is millions of years old. And I remember thinking, Okay, it seems like all the science is pointing to millions of years old, but in faith, I'm going to stand, you know, with God's word and and in my heart, I I I, I was I had I had doubts, but I felt like I was going to be Christ honoring and God honoring and and I was hoping maybe there would be some science that came out that said you know, the more they talk about it, the more they think the earth is only 6,000 years old. And so that was a place where I think, I don't know where these people are, but they're like, ah, I don't know. I have this sense of, in my heart that it doesn't make sense on the outside, but this is what God's word says. And I'm, and I am going to, um, sacrifice my life on that. I mean, I'm going to my reputation, uh, and 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 it and I think that's their way of honoring the God they know. That's about the best answer I can give you. So everything they do, they have to sac totally sacrifice logic and reason to have faith. See, I I grew up in the church I grew up with. You were allowed to have logic and reason, and you were supposed to tell the truth. You're supposed to be fair to people. Um, science was not 
something you had to not believe in. Yeah. But in, in this Baptist church, especially with this pastor and his loyal deacons that made the end run and took over the church and it's $10 million in assets. Yeah. Those guys kind of sacrificed all that. So like the preacher would just tell lie after lie and just look you in the eye and he'd tell me things I knew were lies because I absolutely knew what the true truth was. But he would tell me lies and he was really mean to uh, anyone that opposed him. I mean, vicious mean. And so I didn't understand how that fit in if if that also can be sacrificed. I guess if you can sacrifice logic and science and all that, there's no reason why you can't sacrifice the truth and, I mean, the earthly truth, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. And, uh, and being nice because... You have to relate everything to and okay to and some biblical verse. So we're tossing we're tossing the ball around and just kicking it around, see what we can come up with. So one of the things I think of is like a kamikaze pilot. I mean, they take that plane and they just they they so want to defeat that enemy that they will just kill themselves and with the belief that they then they'll have eternal life. So they see it as like, apparently, as like this is a this is a, a mission, and, and the person I am going against or is battling me, you know, it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's just, yeah, you're right. You, I mean, I mean, I agree with your point that it just it doesn't, and that's kind of what religion is, and ours is not the only religion. I mean, there's religions all right. over the world, and they and I think if you would study those Muslims, those Hindus, you you would see people devout who sacrifice their lives for their their faith, just like we sacrifice, you know, or we stand against our religion. We believe ours is the true religion, you know. And but but there's people all over the world, John Luke, who have murdered and burned people at the stake and and killed people by the thousands because they think they believe their faith their written scripture word whatever it is bible is the right way to go and 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 here again back to the torture museum we're taking (laughs) taking a trip back is those people, I think those people were convinced they were doing God's will. Now, all not all of them. There were probably some outsiders who were watching going, God, look at that. That's crazy, man. But the people, I think there's a lot of people who were doing that were thinking, we are ridding our, our community of these naysayers, of these people who are... These heretics. Yeah. Or, or, this, one, or this one lady who I heard of who was eating, uh, she was eating... Um, some kind of fruits and vegetables out of the because she thought it was good for her and it was making her healthy and oh it was something about fiber or something they thought she was demonic or she was getting into witch spells and stuff and they uh she she was considered an outcast a, a witch because she had this I I can't remember exactly the details, but it was something about she was going out into the woods and she was picking these spices and berries and stuff, and she thought they were good for her. And and it, like we do today, 
right? She just had knowledge, and they they t- saw it as witchcraft. I don't know. I how do you set? Maybe maybe the real question is how do you change that? Now here's another thing that I I'm going to challenge you on. That you you took us you had okay you had a stand that hey these people are religious and I don't want to. I mean, their mother dies, and they find a lot of comfort in that religion. Right. So, so I ask you, John Luke, think about the world in two hundred years from now. Do we want to perpetuate? Do we want to allow superstitions and uh, and religions to to continue without challenging them and saying, "Look, people, like this stem cell research thing"? I think we talked about. I mean, we could do such great advances, but there's a religious stigma. Okay, so we as a species want to live, right? We want to survive. And that's that's one way we could really help our species, but we have a religious block. I think 200 years from now, we need, I think our world will be a better place if we could dispel these religions all across the world. Well, you and I are going to be able to do that. Yeah. We well, we could do see, one people, step. I think, yeah. I think people. I think spirituality helps people. Mm-hmm. You know, in the community of getting together and well, having common beliefs. What does that mean? Like, like healing people or casting no, well, demons out of people? No. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about believing there's a God and thinking that maybe prayer will help and uh, you know, the introspection that goes with that and the sharing of your, the group therapy part of church, hey, you know? So I had, but, I had a question and I'll ask it to you and it's kind and, and it, and it swerves into religion a little bit. So, okay. So I'm a big proponent on positive thinking you know, right. think positive and tomorrow the sun will come up and all that. And I've learned that if I think certain things and I'm starting to teach myself when I have a negative thought to come in, I catch it pretty quick now, quicker than I used to and go, no, stop thinking like that. You're, you're a blessed, you have, you are so blessed. You have such a blessed life. So then my question becomes, because I understand how my brain works, Right. And I understand the mechanics of my brain. I know how to think thoughts, read things, listen to music, to be positive. So my question is, am I hypnotizing myself? Am I am I fooling myself into being... now? And, and so this is where it swerves into religion. Is it okay for someone to convince themselves, to hypnotize themselves that God's in control... And grandma and my son, my three-year-old son, has several palsy. He's probably going to die. And, um, but I just know there's God's has a will in that. That in some ways they're tricking themselves. They're, I mean, that's what I think. When when you say, you know, it helps them. It it the, being spiritual is. I don't know. I don't know that I know the answer to that. I'm just kind of. Well, there's a guy in our Sunday school class that 
we both know and love. Yeah. That he will say, God has a plan. God knows what's going to happen. Yeah. He's got it under control. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about it. So it takes the heat off of him. Yeah. Makes him more comfortable in his life. Yeah. And and he knows in his heart that there's nothing he can do about it, so he just lives with it. Yeah. And so that, I think, is what you're talking about. God's got a plan. Well, see, I, I don't think God's got a plan. He doesn't. If if it does, it has nothing to do with you and me. It's it's a aligning galaxy X Y Z with galaxy X Y X. You know, yeah, making sure they don't run into each other, right? Because <laughs> he doesn't have time to mess with you and me. Uh, yeah, uh, I the only plan I think that he has, he we call him he, that is is they I, they, they <laughs> is that. Uh, that that if you if you seek God and you try to live well, you eat well, okay. If you eat well and you exercise and you save your money and you run your business honorably, then the plan is that if you follow these statutes, if you want to call them that, that your life will will be better. I think there's some I think there's some value and truth in that. Um, but you know, just, and, and I did it too. I think I told you, I think I told you one time that I, I was told when I was a kid, I got really scared to plead the blood of Jesus. And I spent, right. I spent hours pleading the blood and it made me feel better. I felt a lot better. And did, I'd always, every time I fall asleep. What does that mean though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, but here, here again, it's like, I, in some respects, I hypnotized myself. Some respects, I had a thought and I was able to change a mood in my thinking. And it probably, it probably meant nothing. There probably nobody, there was no spirit out there or anything that heard that other than in my self. Here, I, I, that's what I wondered. Am I, am I hypnotizing myself? Am I, am I controlling my emotions? Because I think I do. I, I exercise, I, I, I practice every day, every day I practice trying to control my emotions and, and think good thoughts, healthy thoughts. But then I think, am I just kind of fooling myself or something? I don't, I don't know, but I, I, I'm just not, I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not super surprised that our church split because it happens everywhere all the time. I mean, yeah, but I would now if I were in there and the pastor jumped down my throat, you know, I I I might go, you know, strangle that guy. And but I think because I'm kind of out of it, you know, I'm far removed. In fact, I didn't even know what the vote was until yesterday. You said something about losing to the pastor. I said, okay, they must have lost. I, I just well. I'm our our group doesn't have to leave, but I think everybody's going to because because he they can't stand him. Yeah. Hey, and another thing. What? Okay, so here's another thing that 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 they they call it they call it what in the in the Eastern religions they call it attachment. And and you've heard of that I know because you're you're a well traveled gentleman, but they they and and these monks and these. Hindus, they try, they try to not be attached, okay? 
So, okay. All right. So there's that. And so what does that mean? Okay. When, when the university of Mexico plays Santa Fe, I don't even know the game's on that weekend. I I have no attachment to that. I have no vestment. I am not vested in any way in that game. But if OU plays OSU, they lost by three on a stupid play. I can't sleep that night. Now, I had no control of that game, but I'm vested. I'm I'm interested in and 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 so so the the. I think that the logic is if we can like just detach ourselves and say, sometimes when I I see Trump said da-da-da-da and Biden said da-da-da-da and and I go, I have relatively well on occasion said, I I just don't want to think about that. And and I'm able to push it away and just say, you know, I'm just not going to read every headline and get all into that because it just wears me out. And so I try to detach from that. I just don't. And so I say all this to say in my wisdom and, and years, if there's some way you could just let that go, just and look at it as a science project. Look at it like, you know what? And he probably was mad. The pastor probably was mad and he was angry and, and he probably said, but he's still, he's, he's, he's trying to feed his kids, man. He's trying to do his deal. He's 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 navigating through his world just like I'm navigating through my world, and you are too. And and just maybe kind of back up and go. I just wonder why people are like that, and see it more as like a. And you know he's he's not a criminal, but I how I see that now. Here's another thing I think could be a valuable lesson to me is is is. That's you don't want that in our world, man. You don't want that in your world. You don't want people that are so devout to their religion that they that they do stuff like that. What he did to here again was not right. But in past history, they didn't just do that. They killed them. They killed their families, man. They because they that's what that kind of thinking and and religion i think that's that's what it is i think it's religion man it's 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 people who believe that stuff (sighs) yeah it's you're right i i've decided to move on i can't do it because it was it was killing me literally and so i was trying to i was trying to fight a battle one person and I thought I was tough. You know, I think I'm tough. In my life, I'm I'm a pretty tough guy. Yeah. I can get a lot of stuff done. Yeah. I can fight a lot of battles. I couldn't fight that one. It was like it was like banging my head on the wall because those people I w- it was like I was speaking a different language when I said, You can't lie. Yeah. You can't lie. Right. You can't you can't just come in here and just totally usurp the con- church constitution that's been in place for sixty years and it's run the church that way. You can't just come in here and say the uh, the committees that have run this church for 60 years just don't count anymore because there are no committees in the Bible. Only the preacher and the, and the deacons are mentioned in the, the Bible. So those are the only things that count. Those are the only things that are scriptural. So all these other things, even though the church constitution is a legal document, it doesn't count because it's not mentioned in the Bible and you don't have any scriptural references for it. And so therefore, we're just going to take over the church. And 
and I thought I could fight that because it was wrong to me. It is. It's. It, there probably is a uh, a lawsuit in there. The the people that want to keep the church constitution in place could get lawyers and sue those people and get back control of the of the assets. But but nobody's going to do that. It's not a fight worth fighting. It's it so, would be too many heartaches, too many heartaches, too many lost nights of sleep. A week or ten days ago, I thought about something you told me. And you told me this probably about four years ago. And I'm going to try to be careful, but there was a, there was a travel agency. You wanted to buy the travel agency. There was some nanigans. There was some double booking and some, and theft, I, theft <laughs> and theft, theft. and a hundred percent wrong. And I remember a couple years ago, I said something about, yeah, you, you know, you went through all that. And the thing, the comment you made to me was, I, I took that way too far. Yeah, I won, but the toll it took on me to go after them was not, it, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Absolutely. I was saying, I, and, and, I, and I, I remember thinking that, and then I remember thinking how just caught up in this you are and just uh, your emotions and, and, and you're, you're thinking about it and writing big, long emails. I, I just wondered, I think, Hey, don't do that again. I mean, you know, I was always going to remind you, say, don't let, don't let yourself go too far again. <laughs> you reminded me and I, I kept it in mind and I saw it happening to me and I thought, well, I, I got to get through this. I got to get to this point, the point where we voted. Yeah. Okay. We were going to vote whether or not to keep the preacher. And I knew I had to quit after that. Cause I was like getting manic in there and yeah. couldn't sleep. And yeah. I was, I was, I was uh, having this reverberating circuit in my brain. And that's all I could think about, which I know I have that tendency and I can't let myself get that way. And I have not let myself get that way in the last, I mean, it's been like 20 years. It wasn't four years ago. It was like 20 years ago. Yeah. If you think when that when right. the travel agency thing yeah. happened. So, right. uh, or 15 at least, I think it was 20. So I've, I've stopped myself from doing anything like that for all those years. And then I got into this one and it could have taken me down a really bad road, but I, I just, I just pulled my bike off to the side. <laughs> I said, I can't, I can't go down this road anymore. Yeah. Hey, I knew where it was headed. Hey, so, so this kind of reminds me of a joke. There is a, there is this crazy guy and he was in a psych ward. And he, he was convinced he was dead. And in his mind, he was dead. And everybody was like, no, you're not dead. You're not dead. You're not dead. And finally, a doctor came up to him and said, so tell me. He said, you're dead. And he said, I am dead. He said, well, do dead men bleed? And he says, nope. When you're dead, you don't bleed. So he pulls out his finger, pricks the man's finger. And sure enough, on the end of his finger, there's a little trickle of blood that comes out. And the, the crazy guy goes, oh my gosh, all this time, dead men do bleed. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I have, go ahead. And I was going to say, trying to, you know, convince those type of people that are just convinced that they're going to, anything that happens is going to, they're going to find out why that proves their point. Well, I have a story that's, this is a okay. real story that was told by my psychiatry professor. Okay. And 
it's from a long time ago. Yeah. This this woman had, I can't remember the exact diagnosis, but she thought she had a, st- a snake in her belly. Okay. And yeah. so they tried everything they could to get her to not think there was a snake in her belly. So finally, they took her to the operating room, made a little incision just in her skin, didn't go any deeper than her skin, then sewed her back up, woke her up, and uh, the surgeon came in and the psychiatrist together. I said, okay, we got the snake out of your belly. And they yeah. like showed her the snake, you know, <laughs> that they got out of her belly. She yeah. goes, and she kind of sighed and said, it was too late. It already had babies. <laughs> and that's, that's, that was uh, what helped future doctors know to not ever try that. It doesn't work. Oh gosh. Cause it's, it, they're, you're not dealing with you're dealing with not sanity, not logical. And you're yeah, you're dealing with the symptom and not that that what's going on is in her head. It's a crazy thing right. in her head. And so you the symptom you're trying to Yeah, that's that's uh, okay. Hey, so I have a challenge well, for you. Let me okay. let me say one thing before that's still part of that. Oh. I think your story about the the man, the dead men bleeding yeah. and about the lady with the snake in her belly. Yeah. That's the same kind of thought process that these people have where everything has to be scriptural. You know, it's like trying to talk to those people with logic, truth, justice, science. Yeah. You're, you might as well be trying to convince a crazy lady that she doesn't have a, a snake in her belly because the snake they have in their belly is Jesus and the Bible. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit, as far as they, that's what they think. That's what they believe. So you can't, you can't talk people out of that. And trying to talk to them like I would talk to another reasonable person who is not religious just doesn't work. Yeah. So I just, I I do wonder, like, how would you, because that stuff goes on in our world, right? I just think, how do you, I guess, just don't. You just, you just almost can't. Because I was thinking, like, it, what if someone were Hindu and I was trying to explain to them, you know, you're not, why you're, that's not right. I just think I don't even think I would even try. I would just like, hey, how's your baseball team doing? And because <laughs> yeah. they're you're they're not going to be re- you're not going to be reincarnated. You're going to die. Yeah, you know, yeah. another thing that I see though, I think they're John Luke is that same human behavior is in politics. It's in sports. It's in race. It's in gender. All of those battles between it's, it's a human and, and here's another thing. It's all over the world. It's in Russia. And it was here 20,000 years ago because they were all tribes were killing each other and, and, and massacre mask. You know what I'm saying? Kill them all massacre yeah. people. Uh, but so, so it's a human behavior that, that, that it's in me too. It's in me too. I am biased. I am biased. there's no way I can stop being biased unless I have all the knowledge in all the world and I have access. Uh, the only thing I can do is I can take, okay, this happened once. 
when I go out in the rain and it's lightning, you know, uh, from what I understand, they tell me that I, that's, that's unsafe. So that's, so that's my bias. I mean, that's my, that's my, that's my worldview on that. And so that's, and so some people say the world was flat because they had all the science to prove it. That's, that was their bot. We're just, we can't help but be biased. I mean, you, and so, and so the only thing I think you can do is see it, is recognize it. When I get so upset about politics, sometimes I, I try to remind myself, you know, those people on the other side, from what I, or from what I know, they, they probably think they're right too. And they see. So I have a thought. Okay. That kind of goes along with that. You know, did you watch those videos by Paul Coughlin, the guy that did the spiritual abuse or the. I didn't watch bullying? videos. I listened to audios. There okay, were videos. Well, was it well, Paul Coughlin was one of the people that um, the spiritual abuse lady recommended? Okay. What's, what's her Julie, Julie, whatever. Oh, oh, oh okay. You know, Julie Royce. Okay. Okay. Well, I watched a couple of his videos, and uh, one of them was about bully pastors. Okay. So, I, and he talks about how 85% of the people you can reason with. Okay. But there are going to be 15% that have a personality disorder. Yeah. Either they're, either they're you know, uh, borderline personality disorder or yeah. uh, uh, narcissistic yeah. or, or whatever. And you cannot reason with them. Yeah. You know, my dad had the passive aggressive personality disorder. And you, so I start thinking about these people who are activists. Yeah. Who, who go out there and, raise all kinds of heck to get their point across. I wonder, are they the 15% that aren't reasonable? You can't reason with them. You can't convince them that what they're doing is not right or not fair or only works for their little subset. Yeah. I'm thinking, and you're talking about it being politics, religion, or whatever. You know, Paul might very well have been a, uh, he had a personality disorder, which made him, where you could there's no way you could reason with paul yeah he said this is how it is right and there was no stopping him yeah and so i think that may be something i've realized through this whole deal is it may be the people with the personality disorders that are running this whole world yeah well okay so let me let me throw out a scenario at you and see if this is plausible if this sounds so you have you have a 12 year old kid right and he's in sunday school and you say hey little johnny what'd you learn in sunday school today I learned in Sunday school that you have to be saved to go to heaven. Well, what happens if you don't go to hell? You will go to hell. Oh, you call on little Johnny. I do believe in hell because that's what the Bible says. And and they tell him, they say, he needs to be a preacher. He needs <laughs> he needs to grow up and be a pastor because he you see how convinced he is and how wound up he gets. And I think that a lot of times that's what gravitates toward these positions of I am God's instrument. I am when I speak it there it's flowing from God to you. And 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 that type of mentality is what what you're going to I think find in those in those areas. I think it attracts that type of personality. I I couldn't do it because even even when I was totally convinced, even when I was totally convinced 
I remember my parents wanted me to be a music director. And I just thought, I've got to play that game every week. Every week, I got to play that game, man. That get up here and be happy and hallelujah. And, 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 and I, some ways, I just can't I get motivated. But what I think was deep down and why I couldn't get motivated is like deep, deep, deep down is like, I just don't believe it, man. I just, it, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't. Because there's you know, some things that can convince you deep, deep, deep down, like you're a physician, you know, that, that what you're doing helps people deep, deep, deep down. It, it helps people, it makes their lives better. But if you were selling crystals, you know, and you think I've got to go all over the, the United States and sell these crystals in and deep, deep down, you thought, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. There, you just, it's not real. It's right. just not real. And and so I remember thinking that as a kid, I thought, I just, how every Sunday I'd have to be up there. And, and another thing, uh, John Luke, I, I think like in our, like, okay, we have a gentleman and his daughter's going to be a missionary and she's going to be a missionary under Southern Baptist Convention. And she has to believe, she has not only believe, but she has to, uh, announce and preach the these truths if she went out there and said hey we're going to have some homosexual uh you know uh sunday school teachers in my class i think it's okay the, the southern baptist would cut her man she can't right. do that and so so in some respects they're legally bound but you made this point a long, long time ago you know that some people you can get fired you can lose your financing um uh, so, so there's some of that too, I guess. You're kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, in it, behind the scenes, you're like, I don't know some of that. But when you're in public, because you're getting paid to do it, because you're a preacher, you have to say it. I just don't think I would want to be in that position. Even politics, I think, would be hard because you got to get up there and like really schmooze, you know, and like, oh, I'm getting really close to, you know, when I get in office, I'm going to do this. Knowing deep down, yeah, that's going to be really tough. <laughs> right. Think about it. If you had to toe the party line of either party. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I, I don't know what, what you're going to pick. Uh, for me, I I kind of like the right team better than the left team. Okay. Just because, just for financial reasons. Yeah. But I'm really disgusted with the right team for, for <laughs> their stance on women's issues. Yeah. You know? abortion and and such uh, so I, I i wouldn't be good at either one because i'd be wanting to stand up and say um you know i think yeah i think on this abortion thing even though all you people on the right want me to say i'm absolutely pro-life i'm gonna say i'm i'm pro let the women pick yeah. let the women vote and the guys stay out of it and that, that would be and I wouldn't get elected for sure. I was going to say, here's here's how that would go. You'd become an independent, and you'd get no financing. <laughs> right. <laughs> because absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, the uh, you know the big motor company would come to you and say, hey, here's a uh, half million dollars, and we want you to pass this. And you're like, I don't know. Right. I can't do that. I don't believe that. They'd be okay. See you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've chose a long time to go. Not, I chose to talk about running for office. Yeah. And not do it. You know, you wonder. I, hey, talking about it is, is what we do. We can talk about everything, but we don't have, actually have to do it. Hey, um, I, I'm going to make a challenge to you on our 
podcast. You tell me if you want to, you know, I'm kind of whacked out, but here's, here's my whacked out challenge. That is to let this experience kind of settle in your, in your heart, in your mind, in your life, in your gut, and then just, okay, I would speak to God, go to the universe, go in, in yourself and just think, where can I, where can I fit? What can I do? What, what is something in me that I feel like it's not a huge deal, but in some small way, I can make this better or, or what, you know, cause you, cause we have the podcast, right? And I, I wonder about that and I'll do it with you. Like, what, what do we do with this? What are we doing with this thing? What are we going to, is this really going to be a thing or is it going to be a fun Wednesday night thing? Or is there some way you can use some of this to get some kind of message out? Or uh, I don't know. Is there, I don't know the answer right today, but maybe we t- get together can say, we're seeing some things kind of the same way here that there's, how can we use this medium or another medium? I don't know, but you are an influential guy. People like you, you're able to influence people. You have, you have a knack for adventure for just going out there and just sticking your foot in something and see if it, see if it holds or not. (laughs) And, uh, and use that in some way to like, I don't know. Is there some is is there some way our lives can mean more, John Luke? <laughs> yes. Okay. I think okay, we start off this this is what we do. Okay. Seriously. Um, yeah. I'm serious. Okay. I'm serious. All right. We're gonna go to the Wichita Mountains. Okay. And we're gonna I've got some Kiowa friends I grew up with. Okay. We're gonna see if they can find us some peyote. Okay, all right. Build us a sweat lodge. I like it. And we're going to sit in there for the whole weekend, yeah. stoned on peyote. Yeah. And I think from that, we'll probably have a vision yeah. that will tell us where we should take this. What do you think? That is probably the most logical thing I've ever heard you say in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that I think you had a vision from God right there. Seriously, I think that's maybe what I did. It, Maybe you did. All right. Anyway, you're going to do that, and I'm going to do it. And we'll see. And you, you do your deal, whatever you're going to do. But I, I'm like, no. I don't know. We could maybe do something kind of neat with this. I, well, I think so. I, what, what you said earlier is this has changed me. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I, I am angry right now at the Baptist church and the way they treat people. I'm angry. It's, I always, you know, I'd always said that I didn't want to sway anybody from their beliefs because yeah. it gives them peace. But this stuff that went on in our church didn't give peace to anybody. It was really disruptive and it hurt a lot of people. I would, I would, so, I would give you a, uh, a link to a podcast, uh, but I know you wouldn't listen to it. So I'm going to give you the synopsis of it. It was a guy who was a devout Christian who became I guess you'd call him atheist or something. But the way this all started was he was going to Bob Jones University. And the day Martin Luther King died, they announced it in their assembly and the people cheered. Really? They were glad. They were like, yay. 
Bob Jones, I don't know if you know, is very, very, very religiously purist and strict. But I tell y'all. Never heard of Bob Jones. Never heard of Bob Jones. Okay. If you look it up, it's like a whacked out right. Anyway, um, he said it was that experience that made him start thinking, way, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute here. There's just something's just not right about this. And I think what you see could be one of those, hey, man, there's just something not right about this. I was in the middle of that. And what else out there is maybe not right, you know? And is there some other things anyway? I don't know. I say all that say, because I'm blabbering on, is just be encouraged by that. Let it, let it, let it lead to something positive, you know? I'm, I'm, I agree. I actually, after the vote, I went on the internet and looked up churches for sale. Okay. And I found one that's actually a pretty good investment. It's a, it's got an office, like a 10,000 square foot office that could be used for Sunday school classes. Yeah. And it's got an auditorium that seats like a thousand people. Okay. Uh, and it sits on 20 acres in an area of town that's starting to grow. Yeah. So even just, and it's two million bucks. Two million bucks. So okay. just, just buying the, the 20 acres for two million bucks, it's worth that because it'll, it'll be a, a reasonable investment. Uh, and I, so I got to thinking, okay, we buy that and we get enough people to come to our church to just to make the payments. And there's not a whole lot of upkeep that has to be done to that building. It's, it's just a big open auditorium. It doesn't have a bunch of, yeah. it's got like a couple of bathrooms, a men's and a women's bathroom, but no kitchen or anything like that. How far is it from here? And, uh, oh, it's, it's over in like Kelly, Kelly it's off of oh, Kelly and, okay. uh, there are and some abandoned Britain. churches around here, I think. I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Well, I started thinking, well, we could we could have the Gracemont Church there. And then I started thinking, two million dollars. I'm not sure how we're gonna do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so there's that one, there's just it first we just need two million dollars. But we okay. don't have two million dollars. So anyway, we'd have to have people that would join the church that had the ability to borrow $2 million. Right. I think we might ought to start just like in a pup tent or something first though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. What I was going to say, and this to me is related, but they have videos of life church where they were in a garage when they had their like 30 year anniversary. And I was, I went to their service. And so they made a big, big deal of it. Anyway, they had video of them starting and they just had fold out chairs in their garage. They were just out in their garage. And he he just felt yeah. like he had he had he had something he wanted to say, and and he was and they are they are non denominational so so they're using the Bible but they're trying to be open. For instance, when I went there, like we would have a a a, a service on, you know, God's faith. The next service would be on here's what you do if you're a battered woman. The whole sermon was about battered women because they have battered women in there, and then and then we'd have a next service would be about the Lord's Supper, then then or and then the next service would be about suicide. 
here's what's happening. Here's, here's why God doesn't want you to commit suicide. And he just saw, he used the Bible. He saw a need, right? In his community. He said, man, there's, you know, these people out there that won't come to church. And I don't know. I, I said, I guess I say all that to say, there's something out there we, that we see that's, that's substantial and needs to be done. Or at least if we would, Put some effort into that. There's there could be some good come out of that, and maybe it's not 100 clear right now. Uh, but what 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 could it be? I I don't know. It's kind of fun to think about it. I don't I don't know. Well, I think the stuff we talk about are things that a lot of people could relate to. But I think we we got to figure out how do we get people to come. Yeah, I'm thinking free beer. Yeah, free beer would Picture work. Picture this, free beer. Yeah. And like sex sells, right? So somehow yeah. we got to get all the women to dress scantily. Yeah. Showing show cleavage and all that. Right. And because that's not evil. That's not, that's, that's just been made to be evil. Right. But it's not really evil for women to show cleavage. No, it yeah, and, and uh, so yeah, in the Graysmont Church, yeah, we could have like when we play the the music, we could have women dancing in uh, bikinis. Yeah. Okay, so here's what. Okay, I'm gonna take your I'm gonna take your philosophy one step further. What you're saying free beer and free beer. What you're saying okay. is like let's just appeal to human the human name that. Okay, spirituality is this, but let's just be in the real world. And human nature says, I like cleavage, that'll draw people in. Free beer will draw people in. So there's a good thing. There's a good way to think. Now, what if we said, hey, we're going to just, it's going to be movie night every Sunday night. What we're going to do is next week down at the church, we're going we're gonna to play um, uh, what Forrest Gump. And then after the service is over, we're going to have some food. And then we're going to have discussions about like people with disorders or something because, and here again, I'm using your thought of like, people love movies, man. They don't want to sit there and listen to somebody in a coat and tie and preach. They'd much rather watch a movie and laugh. And so we use that idea. And then we have the small groups and we say, you know, hey, you know, we have a lot of people who have disabilities and stuff and are, you know, what, how do we handle that? And, and then the next night, the next Sunday, we would play, oh, I don't know, um, maybe Roots or, or the, the Color Purple or, you know, and then um, have a discussion or something. Because when we do, when they do that movie thing, they have this thing at Life Church where he uses movie clips and then tells the kind of a moral story behind it. That's their biggest. When they do that, they run like extra services and they ask people to come. Like I was coming on so on Sunday. They said, can, can the Sunday people please move to Saturday? Because on Sundays, because they loved it, man. They He would take some movie and run a, a, a little movie clip. He, he does it once a year and they do it for a whole like month. And it's their biggest, when they get their largest groups coming in, because people just like watching movies and and then tying some lesson or moral to it and um, and he tied God's 
word to it. And then, and it, it was kind of interesting, kind of made sense. A lot of what he talked about seemed kind of logical, kind of like science wouldn't go, Hey, this is stupid. This is wrong. This is just, it's, it was like really practical stuff that I got out of those services. He just, and he thinks positive and he thinks about go to work and do your best, dress your best. You know, that's the kind of messages they, they go to. And like, like if, just because you failed a couple times doesn't mean you're going to fail the rest of your life. God says you can continue. So you were in that role and, and it's, and it's very just practical, but he kind of uses God's word to kind of validate it. And there's a lot, a lot of hungry people. They, they open up, they open up campuses probably twice a month. And another thing, when they open those campuses, they won't open the campuses unless they pay cash for that facility. Right. And, and, and that's what's going on there, man. And I think what, what I just think there's some real fundamental gut things you can do. I don't know. That's my, that's my spouting on and on that. Well, I think also, why not use other texts? Like, why don't we, <laughs> the studies of Buddha and, and the, the things Buddha said, the things Confucius said, uh, things from Shinto, you know, things that that are good life lessons. There's no reason why we couldn't read from those things and say, "Hey, even though you may not believe in all this, these are these are good lessons to live your life by." You know, because uh, even though it's Benjamin Franklin may have said, "A penny saved is a penny earned," I bet Confucius said that right. two thousand years earlier. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I I think now honestly, I think. That is a really good idea. I, now, it would be extremely controversial. It would be so controversial that people might go, wow, that's really, what are they doing over there? Well, they, they're doing a Buddha guy, and then they're doing a Christian guy. And, and, and Village Baptist Church says, don't you go there. You know what they're doing the next week? They're having some Hindu in there trying to figure out what, I, and to me, I think that's a wonderful way to learn about spirituality. And I don't look, there's some good things in the Bible, but there's some good things in, in, in a lot of other, like, especially the, the Hindu, I, I am super impressed with those, with that, where they worship different gods and they just, I don't know. There's something about them that tells me, I don't know that there's kind of something really cool about what they're doing. And I, I can't put my finger on it, but they, they have some teachings or some, I don't know. I like it. I like that idea. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. And I've also come up with a slogan. Okay. That cleavage is close to the heart. Oh, I love that. See, that's hilarious. Oh, I got to tell you See, a funny story. No, that reminds tell me. Tell me a story. Okay. That's, that's a writer down one, right? Here's a writer down one. Uh, I, I heard this, a guy say uh, he was remembering his girlfriend and he said, I can see the couch. He said for many nights we would get together on that couch and we'd just spoon for hours. And then of course that one memorable night where we forked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you heard that. Old one. Is that an old one? I, yeah. I never heard oh, that before. Oh, God, that's hilarious. There's, T-shirts that say spooning leads to forking. 
<laughs> I just thought that's before. hilarious, and I thought I I thought that was like no one's ever heard that before. But anyway, well, you know, it may have been maybe I'm the only one that's heard it, and it all of our forty our thousand, forty listeners, yeah. <laughs> well, go, oh, I never heard that before. So anyway, yeah, but I liked yours. Cleavage is close to the heart, and uh, we'll fit that. We could in have there. T-shirts like that. Yeah. Uh, I I love no why no no I was kind of kidding about that. So what? <laughs> so we got to We got to like we got we got to figure out if we're doing that or real stuff. To me, I don't know. I don't mean to insult you, but like real stuff, like because I don't know. You're not serious, right? See, I never know. Sometimes I'm, I don't know if I'm, you know. Sometimes I don't know I'm if being, you know. <laughs> I'm being silly, but. If there's if Grace Mott really becomes a thing, it's going to have silliness in it because okay, okay, all right, you got a little silliness in you, and I got a lot of silliness. Yeah, in Yeah, okay, so, all right, okay. So I see like, that you, know, you could I could get up and give a whole a whole sermon on what's wrong with cleavage. Yeah, you know, in my church, the women always had to dress conservatively. If they had cleavage showing, like, oh, she must be a slut. Yeah, if she's got cleavage showing. But uh, God didn't ever say cleavage is bad. Right. And and I like your idea about silliness. Oh, social dogma. Social dogmas. There's religious dogma, but there's social dogma too. You know? Yeah, the social dogma is getting really strong right now. Oh, it is. Yeah, you can't uh, say this or that, and it's just silly. They get so worked up about it. Anyway, we've gone a long time. We're almost at an hour. So, so thank you for sharing. Well, I appreciate the therapy session. Yes, sir. Yeah. What did we call that? Right. Cottering? Cottering? It was a, uh, when you have a colonoscopy, you take, you, you don't, you remember that. It's something about cleans you out. It's some medical term for cleaning you out. Oh, oh, a catharsis. There it is. I didn't couldn't remember it. A cathar the cathartic is yeah, the thing you had you a take cathartic to make you, session to make you poop. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm gonna say this is Grace Mont. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can email them to Apostle Duke at AD1 at Gracemont.com. Yes. And I will enlighten you. you. I will enlighten you. Email me. As always. And we'll talk about it. Here on the show. Yeah. Nobody's emailed yet. <laughs> but but I, I keep thinking they're going to. Yes.